Welcome to the Flavors of Ice Cream. Throughout my entrepreneurial and career journey, as so many people tell me, I have no idea what I want to do with my life. Hey, no stress. How can you know what your favorite flavor of ice cream is if you haven't tried that many flavors of ice cream? Likewise, how can you know what you want to do with your life if you haven't tried all that much? In this podcast, we explore different avenues and pathways together so you can figure out what's right for you. Let's get to it. For this episode, I said, hey, I haven't really been interviewed yet, so I get my childhood friend Roberta to interview me and my journey from a student to an entrepreneur on the Forbes 30 under 30 list. I still have a long way to go, but hopefully you get to know me a bit better. So hey guys, how are you going? Uh, so this is AJ from The Flavors of Ice Cream, and today's going to be slightly different. Um, I'm going to be being interviewed this time, so normally what I bring to you each week is an interview about a different entrepreneur or someone with a different lifestyle that you can gain an understanding of that flavor of life and then hopefully pick your favorite flavor and therefore uh, the, the direction you want to go with your life. Uh, but today I'm going to be sharing about my life and uh, I thought it'd be a bit boring if I just share it myself. So I have my friend with me who used to do some podcasting and has been my friend for about 12 years now. She's sort of seen the ups and downs of my weird journey all the way from like the age of 13 so oh my gosh since puberty <laughs> far out man yeah so we have roberta uh do you want to say hi and give you a give a quick intro yeah so my name's roberta as aj introduced and i literally just told him we've been friends for 12 years so that's how he knows that information <laughs> um but yeah we've been friends since like year seven so i've seen aj go through a lot of stuff i've seen his baby pictures i've seen his um, you know, terrible romances, great romances, and also his successes and failures. <laughs> so, yeah, and um, I mean, I guess we also went to the same university, but I'm still finishing up my degree, whereas AJ's gone and become a uh, CEO. Well, <laughs> not in the title sense. Okay, but <laughs> well, fine, like boss man, like co-founder uh, and okay. um, whatever it is. But yeah, so... <laughs> I was wondering, why did you choose Flavors of Ice Cream for this podcast? Because it sounds so weird. I was like, okay, guys, I said he should name this podcast The Podfather because it's like a pun and it's catchy. But he was like, no, screw you, dude. I'm naming it Flavors of Ice Cream. I was like, fine. <laughs> Say whatever you want. Fair enough. Well, I don't, I don't think The Podfather really makes that much sense anyway. So. I mean, but it's funny. Okay. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. Um, well, actually, I mean, so... For the not-for-profit, I have, as you know, real skills that does yeah. uh, that trains engineers and helps them uh, find what they want to do, and then also helps them upskill and then gives them the skills to do that, mm. uh, and also connects them with the right industries, etc. Yeah. One of the corporate values that I made there is called uh, try all the flavors of ice cream. Uh, and, okay. And what that basically nice. means is that um, a lot of a lot of students and a lot of people ask me like, or just say like, hey. I really don't know what I want to do in life. Yeah. Like, I have no idea what direction I want to go in. Yeah. And what I say to that is, like, you know, do you know your favorite flavor of ice cream unless you try a lot of different ice cream? Like, how many things are you trying right now? Are you just doing chemical engineering? Are you just mm. doing this and just saying, I don't know what I want to do when you really haven't tried all that much? That's true. But, like, how do you know? Um, I mean, like, it's easier to kind of just stick with something that you're comfortable with. Because then you're not going to be, like, let down. Because if you always like, I don't know, chocolate, and then you try vanilla and it's, like, totally crap, and then it kind of, like, demoralizes you, how do you kind of get back on track? Well, at least you have the peace of mind knowing that it's not for you, right? That's true. If you if you just constantly stay in your comfort zone and never try new things, you would never explore something. Maybe you really like hazelnut and chocolate, like, you know. <gasps> it's my favorite ice cream. Exactly, right? So, oh I mean, God. if you stuck with chocolate, you would have no idea. But, yeah. I mean, moving away from the metaphor, right? <laughs> Going back to... <laughs> real life if you would just do your degree and i think most people do a degree mm. they have no idea what it is yeah that's they, true they might figure out it's not for them mm. so on the side you should be trying new things and i guess the purpose of this podcast is to uh engage the listeners and basically show them different avenues of life yeah so it's like okay. a risk-free way of saying hey here's this person's life and you know maybe you see if this like is something for, yeah mm. maybe uh, i'm going to show you a product manager i'm going to show you a growth manager i'm going to show you a reporter or a journalist mm, or a filmmaker. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then you can basically say, okay, that sounds like something I want to try. Mm. Um, and that's basically it. Every okay. week you'll be uh, showing a new flavor of ice cream and you just see if it's something for you or not. 
So what happens if you're lactose intolerant? So, I mean, one of the flavors <laughs> we'll probably show you is like lactose-free <laughs> ice cream, right? Vegan. Actually, Halo Top, Halo Top is like oh, really yeah. good. Yeah. I haven't tried it. It's so expensive. It's like 10 bucks or something. Well, I, I think I have some in the fridge. We can try it after. Are you serious? Okay, <laughs> I'm so, so excited. I just want to <laughs> eat ice cream now. This is terrible. Oh, man. Well, getting more back on track onto uh, what this podcast is really about. Um, since we're trying to get to know AJ, I've known him for 12 years, but I was also wondering what you were like as a kid. Were you always a little brat that wanted to like <laughs> take over the world? So, <laughs> <laughs> so what's really funny is like, I think I have a really uh, vivid memory of like when I was in second grade. Really? And uh, my teacher was called Mrs. Burns. Oh my and gosh, you uh, remember her name? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Mrs. Burns. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we did this exercise where it was like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, yeah. You know that standard exercise? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my God, like, I, I wrote like, I, I wrote like president of the world. Oh my God, so you haven't changed. <laughs> I wasn't even like, I wasn't even trying to be like the, the prime minister. It was like president of the world. Oh I want to like gosh. run the world. Legit, and The teacher looked too. at it and she's like, uh... <laughs> like so do you want to be prime minister i was like no i want to be president, president of, the, of world. the world and i would, like Jeez. insisted and she's like okay i <laughs> <laughs> need to send, send this kid to like psychiatric treatment <laughs> or like she report him or something oh my god it's like this kid looks like an imperialist yeah it was super weird and then i think i wanted to be after that i want to be an academic after my mm. grandfather because like yeah i think i mean we all through year five and six we just like get like trained into like these like academic machines to do the selective yeah, test that's true, that's to true. get into Tutoring, the school. Tutoring, etc. Yeah. yeah. So I was doing like year ten, like you know, really high level math, and then oh, I was I just like, that. "This is like so weird." And then I became really stupid in year like year seven. But uh, <laughs> you mean what do you mean? I think you're, I think you're always pretty smart. No, or, like, I was in, I was in like the bottom class for like Legit? year nine. Yeah. Oh my god, this is actually... I was actually in your class. No, I'm just... <laughs> I, hey, I didn't even do math. I you know, can't in my class. Um, but that's really cool. So that means you've kind of just been a uh, go-getter since you were, like, tiny. Like, you probably came out of the womb. And you're like, Mom, give me some solid food. I'm skipping the milk. No. <laughs> I actually didn't remember that until my parents told me. They were like, yeah, really? this is what happened. And, uh, yeah, the t- teacher thought it was hilarious. And I was like, oh, <laughs> this, uh, this makes sense. This is where my weird unrelenting ambition comes from. Jeez, man. That's insane. I, I can't even remember what I was doing in year two. Yeah, neither... I mean, that's what my parents thought. I was right. probably, like, eating glue. Like, how old are you in year two? Uh... Like... Seven or eight, I think. Yeah. Seven yeah. Or eight. That's insane. Well, I mean, moving past, you know, primary school, because it's been, I don't know, freaking 20 years or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, in high school, we kind of had to do the HSC and decide where to go in life. And you chose to do manufacturing engineering with physics, with a side of, um, you know, stripping. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the stripping was <laughs> non-existent, unfortunately. I, uh, I think it would have been good money. Would have been good <laughs> money, but unfortunately, I didn't. I didn't go down that route. I, uh, That's good. Yeah. Um. Well, so I actually joined in mechatronics and commerce when I first joined university. Mechatronics. Like I don't even know what that is. So mechatronics is uh, kind of a fusion between electrical, uh, mechanical, and software engineering. So you do oh, like robotics, okay. basically. Yeah, yeah. Robotics yeah. automation. Like it's it's a really up and coming like sort of field. So really trendy and cool. Yeah. So I did it because I was like, yeah, I really like robotics. Mm. And um, I think you might remember Richard who helped me with the... Oh, yeah. Like, you know, I'm in the... What was it called? The like F1 in schools tournament. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. When you guys were doppel... No, what's the name of your Doppler effect? <laughs> Doppler effect, yeah. Doppler so, so I mean, for context for people that don't know, there's a competition in high school where yeah. you design a wooden car and you put a CO2 cartridge in it, and you gotta like basically um, show off your aerodynamic skills and like mm. all these different things. And I mean, what I realized in university afterwards is that aerodynamics doesn't play a role until you get to like 200 kilometers per hour. So that means that really. The only determining factor of how fast your car goes in that competition is just how light it is. So Damn people fun. made all these like fancy designs and stuff, and I was like, didn't do anything. You just needed a block of wood and just put like shave it all off until you get to like fifty five grams, which is the minimum. <laughs> Jeez, but I mean, although like, now I don't want to go back to the students and really demoralize them. Tell them so. about because it's a big deal now. Like you guys revolutionized the F one thing for yeah. Our so school. I went back to to Gerwin and like 
the entire school has changed to like become yeah, very geez. like F1 centric. Now we have oh like gosh. a regional comp in the school. What? Yeah. So Legit? the entire uh, hall just becomes this like racing arena oh <laughs> for God. for like a couple of days. That's yeah. insane. I mean, like, I always thought it was a pretty small thing because we only had one team and it was like very. It was. It, yeah. it was small, but now Gearwing's just become like this powerhouse for like F1. Jeez, so, man. Yeah, and then yeah, so I joined that in university, and I kept switching degrees because I really. Yeah, I remember well. that you're like, fuck physics, man. It's like too hard. I yeah. hate it or whatever, and then you just well, like, no. switched again. I mean, I dropped commerce and picked up physics because physics is something I really enjoyed. Um, it was hard, but like mm-hmm. I actually did way better in my physics subjects compared to my engineering subjects. Mm. But I realized there's not really much money in physics, so. <laughs> I, I mean, uh, you could be, like, a researcher or something. Well, I just wanted to get out of uni at that point. So yeah, I had, okay. like, uh, a year, I had an extra year to do if I wanted to finish my physics degree. And I was mm. like, probably not worth. Um, I might go back and do it eventually, but... Yeah, as, like, a just for fun thing. Yeah, but yeah. honestly, I spent most of my time in uni just doing startups and, and random stuff. Yeah, right? that's true. It's like, every two minutes, like, dude, do you want to, like, join in on this, like, venture? <laughs> I'm like, Bro. And actually, actually, like, I owe you a lot because you helped me with so many various different things and, like, all dude, of my I, friends. I can't remember. Well, like, you helped me, like, look at certain things, like, make a PowerPoint for me. Like, yeah. yeah. There's so oh, many yeah, things where I just, like, relied on my friends to, like, help yeah. me. <laughs> but, I mean, like, that's the whole thing. Like, you can't do everything by yourself and I don't think it's possible because nobody has this, all the skills kind of make um you know whatever it is that you need but i'm also wondering since you are quite passionate about like education as well and you found yourself switching through like various degrees do you advise for like people to i guess take a gap year to kind of figure out more things or do you advise people to just like go for it and if you don't like it do something else well i think university is actually really a good time for you to explore different things right mm. Um, if you're one of those people that go into university and spend like 100% of your time on university, then uh, you're either poor at time management, you're, it's like you're just not a good fit for the degree and you're finding no. it way too hard, or yep. like there's there's some issue, right? Yep. So you should really be spending like 30% of your time on coursework in uni and then the other 70 just like doing oh, random 30%. stuff. 30%? Damn. Yeah. I think, no, that's probably how much I spend on university. Honestly, like to be honest, I think most people do that anyway. They just cram yeah. that like into the last week. Yeah, that's true. And they really just spend a lot of time like, like my brother just plays video games all the time. So yeah, no. Yeah, <laughs> so Sibling I think. Sibling life, guys. Gosh. So I think um, definitely university is a good place to like join societies, meet people. Mm. Uh, like my co-founders are like for example, real skills. Yeah. I met Walter through the Dota UNSW. Nice. Like thing, right? So yeah, like the society. Yeah, yeah. So societies, uh, I mean, there's also pretty good entrepreneurship, like courses and, not courses, but uh, support in universities as well now. Mm, okay, because that's interesting. Like, I think, like, I went on exchange last year and I met, like, a whole bunch of different people from Europe. And for them, it's really uh, unusual to go straight into university. A lot of them take a year off to travel or to work. And most of the time, by the time they graduate, it's like, um, they're like 25, 26, but they're really sure about what they want to do. And they said that this model of, like, education is because um, when you're 17 or 18 and you go straight to university, you don't really know what you're doing and you don't know yourself well enough yet. Well, yeah, I, I definitely think that's the way to go. But yeah. I also understand that that's probably not an option for uh, most people, especially yeah, people true. from Asian def- de- descent. A hundred percent. And also <laughs> they have free education, tertiary education. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, they get paid to go to university. Like, people in, um, I think, Scandinavia and some parts of, like... Central Europe, they get paid nine hundred Australian dollars to go to university, like nine hundred per per month to go to university, and I was like, "Geez, I'm getting paid nothing." And there's no like, uh, there's no <coughs> fees at the end, right? No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. They just they I pay heard a lot that of about tax. Finnish Finnish unis as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's insane. I was like, "What? You get paid to go to university?" And I, I, I was think like, that's how it should be, right? Yeah, because that's the thing. Like your overall <coughs> level of education in your country is higher because of this. But also, um, I think it depends on, like, how long it takes you to finish a degree. Like, some people might just, like, I don't know, take faster. Or not take faster. Take be faster. <laughs> <laughs> My English is, like, going down the drain. Like, be faster at finishing degrees, whereas some people might just lag behind. And yeah, I think yeah. that's one of the problems that people have with this. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, in, um, I think university is really interesting. Like, there's a lot of debate going on right now. But if we want to know more about this lovely man over here... Miss Sri Lanka 2019. 
Okay, that's fake news. Um, so you said you did a lot of startups and stuff during university, and I remember one of them being Wire Tutor, and then it became like real skills. So how did you get the idea to start this this business? So um, actually, my current co-founder Dorji is the Dorji. guy. Who, yeah. Shout out to Dorji. <laughs> he's he's the guy who got me into entrepreneurship in the first place. Right. So. Uh, I think it was like my second year of university. I went to this course that was run by him. Mm. And I remember like the first 30 minutes this guy was talking and everyone was like, okay, whatever. And then like in the break, people started Googling him. Yeah. And they were like, oh, wow, this guy's like super, super well accomplished, like has done so yeah. much with his life. He started like uh, carbon conservation and like partnered with like 40 different countries and yeah. raised like, you know, hundreds of millions in the past and like a true serial entrepreneur. Damn. And I was like, wow, this is That's this intense. Is, this is more like what I want to be, not an academic. Because I was sort of working towards becoming a physics professor. Mm, <laughs> I was yeah. like, if I want to make impact, I don't think I can be a professor. Um, there is some, like, I think there are amazing people doing uh, a lot of impact in the academic world. Yeah. But I just think I wasn't the right person to do that. So you get itchy. That and like... Not enough ego. I mean, like, not enough, like... Uh, I didn't think I was also that smart enough to do it like I, w- I was smart mm. but it wasn't like the g- the top one percent that was going to change the world right yeah so like an like, innovator or something kind of. yeah and i was like yeah. maybe i can make more of an impact as an entrepreneur so yeah fair that same day i was like okay i'm gonna try and start something and i think the issue is when we're in like uh university in high school mm. our mindset is just like education 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 yeah it's the only yeah. problem we see which is what i see a lot of student entrepreneurs just like hey i'm gonna solve a problem in university and, and it's that's just like, like there's it, like yeah. 10,000 people doing that. So that's true. it wasn't a bad thing. It's just uh, the advice I got was, you know, hey, like so many people are doing that. And don't do it. Or not not don't do it, but just like you're not going to stand out from the crowd. That and like, yeah, I think we just need to get out of our own problem space and like try mm. to see problems in other spaces. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I saw the problems. One was like, you know, uh, high school education, I thought, you know, could be made more online. This was way back before. More online? Like, th- this is way before, like, uh, online education was, like, properly... Like, now yeah. it's become more of a thing. Yeah, but yeah. this is, like, you know, way back. Um, so I was like, we should do, like, Skype tutoring or something. Mm, so I was like, true. okay, let's try that. So YTutor was a Skype tutoring service yep, yep. Uh, originally. And then we pivoted, like, four or five times over the course of, like, two years. Uh, mm, got some I remember funding. that, yeah. Got some funding as a artificial intelligence assistant for lectures. What? Oh, yeah, because you wanted to sell it to UNSW, right? Yeah. So they could record and, like, replace um, whatever it is now. I can't remember. Yeah, so that's where it happened. And then due Ooh. to some, like, team issues and just, like, uh, I guess we weren't, like, that experienced in, like, running a company properly. It just sort of ended up deteriorating and mm. falling apart. And then for real skills, it started at the same time, which now in hindsight was kind of silly because we're starting two things at the same time. Yeah. Which I don't recommend. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, we started as a for-profit company for training students. Again, yeah. like still in the education space. Yeah. Um, but we were just losing money. I think we were losing. I think Walter and I both lost a couple of grand each, which was yeah, it's intense. Hard when you're a university student. Yeah, that's then, a lot of money. Uh, one of the uh, this this amazing woman called Sandra in the engineering department noticed mm. that we were just like spending money and like helping students. <laughs> How did she know? She just like she just found out, and I think through some of the students that were doing our programs, and uh, we ended up like grabbing coffee, and we started telling her like what we were doing and no. how much we were spending, and she's like, "Oh, like you shouldn't be doing that. Like <laughs> you're helping our students, and you're like losing money. So yeah, we'll we'll take over the expenses from now on." Really? And I was like, "Wow, okay, um, that's amazing." Yeah. Um, so we pivoted to not for profit, mm. and then we just started using university money to scale. Yeah. Um. Eventually, we got to the point where, like, the first program for Real Skills was harsh because we had three instructors rock up and we had three mm. students rock up, and it was just <laughs> nice. Kind one of one on one, man. It was a bit of a, bit of a ego blow because like no one rocked up, and I was like, yeah, that makes sense because we were just students and they were yeah, students. yeah, exactly. We had no cred. No. Eventually, over the over the time, we we tried different things, and one of the formats for the program, which we called STEM Leaders Program, which mm. was like bringing companies, bringing students and like getting them to work together for a week mm. and then you can hire them if you like them. Mm, like that, a networking thing kind of. 
kind of like you you come in instead of showing your resume you work on a project for this company yeah, for a yeah. week and if they like your project not your resume they hire you they, oh, okay so it's like a hands-on kind of thing yeah so yeah. it was like more um yeah hands-on hiring yeah okay which ended up being this like really powerful program for both students and mm. uh and companies and we ran this program we had about 20 people for the first one yeah and we had six people immediately hired by the companies really yeah that's so cool um yeah and i was like wow this is like instant validation this program Jeez. works like let's let's start scaling it so now yeah now we've had like a couple of thousand people come go through our programs now Wow, so that's a lot. I think four thousand in total. Jeez, I actually know someone. There was this um, there's this family friend that we met in China. We went back, and then he came to study in Australia, and then um, he actually went to one of the STEM leaders programs, and then like I saw pictures of him, and I was like, this is so weird, <laughs> like, cause he he was in high school as well. And I think he just started university, and then yeah. um, he joined, but it was after I think it became a bigger, um, bigger deal. Like, it wasn't, he wasn't, like, one of the first three that rocked up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was like, it's so interesting to see how much it's grown. Yeah, now we're, we're above that, like, early adopter phase, and now it's, like, the critical mass that's coming in. Yeah, like, based yeah. on the reputation and the programs we've done, and now we're doing some paid programs. So we're doing a first mm. Singapore program. Yeah. Uh, and for the Singapore program, it's going to be amazing because we partner with the Singapore government. We have, like, Google... Uh, like some of these other big companies that are running like workshops and stuff for us like um, crazy rich agents kind of no <laughs> <laughs> it's more like um they spend six months in training so we train yeah. them to be you know like all these technical skills mm. and then the idea is that they implement their skills in a project over four weeks uh they have to solve a social issue mm. then we fly them to singapore yeah they pitch in front of like 200 people uh which okay. were co-hosting with the singapore government so sg yeah. innovate and that's going to be super exciting. So, uh, yeah, we're starting to grow. We have, like, 45 team members now. And, nice. Uh, yeah, so I sit on the board. And I, I honestly don't really do much anymore. It's just uh, you kudos. You it and now you're recovering. Well, kudos to, the, like, the management team that actually does all the work now. Yeah. I just sort of handle with partnerships and yeah, help out enough. here and there. Yeah. But, yeah, Real Skills has done super well. And I'm really happy with uh, the way it's going. It's kind of like your success baby. Yeah, like it's, uh, I think most entrepreneurs will look at it and be like, if you're not making any money, and I'm mm. like, it's not about that, it's about like... It's about like growing. That, and also it's like, it's a very big learning experience for me, like managing people, like growing the growing the not-for-profit. I think mm. a not-for-profit is actually a really cool way to like learn entrepreneurship in a... That's true. In a less um, Stressful intense environment. way. Yeah, because yeah, you're not trying to strive to like meet targets and make like three million bucks a year or whatever it is. I thought also things it sets you in the right mind place for like mindset to like help people. It's like yeah. you know, impact first, money second. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Okay, so you mentioned um, you know, managing people and like working with people that was something that was challenging and you had to learn. So that kind of leads us um to my next question, which is one of your other uh startups or like businesses you could say, which was called Taylor Brews. And um, it was like a brewing company. You made cider. I actually gave a name for one of the ciders. It was like Melancholy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I was like, you should name one of them Melancholy and make it melon flavor. And you're like, nah, nah, dude, the fruit's not going to go well. And I was like, damn it, dude, come on, just name it. I just didn't think we could brew a, a melon flavored beer very effectively. Yes. <laughs> Fair yeah. enough. But, um, you know, that was a really interesting venture because it was with friends. So the entire team from the brewing to the marketing and everything was done by you and a close bunch of friends. So what was it like working with or for Taylor Brews? And how was it working with friends? So I was actually pretty psyched to start the project. So at the time, I uh, just failed my first company, which was mm. like, you know, Y2 and like mm. all that stuff. And I was kind of, mm. it's kind of like a breakup. So I was just moping, <laughs> You're crying, in, moping eating ice cream. in bed. Yeah, eating ice eating cream. Halo Top. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think Halo Top was the thing. So it's just true. like full cream ice cream. <laughs> Actual um, fat life. Yeah. And then, I guess, like, I, I was also working as a head of marketing and also doing some web development. And yeah. I was upskilling myself during that time a lot. Mm, that's true. And then they approached me and they're like, hey, can you just, like, join our startup? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I need something to, like, get me up in the morning and, like, get psyched again. Yeah, that's true. Because I was just working. So I was like, okay, let's do it. Mm. So we ended up getting funding and we ended up building some stuff and... um. I remember drinking the cider. It was pretty good. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it like, it was really tough brewing that cider. So, it was, like, 
you know, three days a week brewing alcohols and then four mm. days a week doing my role as the uh, head of technology and head of digital. So, like, building the websites and yeah. web apps and yeah, it's true. getting the team together. And I think... I feel like as we go on, he's getting more nervous because he has to talk about his friends and they might be listening. <laughs> well, he's, like, crying right now. I, I think... I think um, it was good. I think... Wait, have to, is this still recording? Yeah. Oh, okay. You can see it, like, moving along. Oh, it's, like, moving super slowly. Yeah, because I think there's more um, more of it now. So, like, because we started over there, now it's over here. Wow, I'm learning about podcasting. I mean, like, this... Uh, I'm not sure about this specific program, but you also see it in, like, premieres, like, Super Chat. Like, there's so much stuff you have to learn. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Anyway. <laughs> so, as I was saying, um, I think... It was good. I just feel like we had a different mindset coming into this. Mm. Um, I guess, like, we actually sat down and we were talking about it. We all had different goals in mind. Yeah. Um, what was your goal? Like, I obviously wanted to scale to, like, I want to make an Amazon-style company, right? Something like, online? Really big. Yeah. No, yeah. One, more like scale, like a billion-dollar company. Damn. Right? And I really didn't see how a beer company, customized brews, was going to get to a billion dollars. I thought maybe it would just be, like, a mom-and-pop shop. Mm. just sort of selling locally and eventually scaling and i just couldn't see where it was going to go so I, I just told ben like look i really can't see it growing that big and i think i have other opportunities elsewhere yeah and uh i'm just like not motivated like i was never into beer it's just like no. i was just following his passion yeah fair so um, it was him that uh started the whole thing and yeah he so wanted to brew. ben and ben and tishana the idea guys yeah so it was their idea and i just it's hard to work on something when you're not that passionate about it. Yeah, I so, guess. But I think we ended it really ap- amicably. Um, so no cat fights? No juicy gods? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, still, I still hang out with like, all the guys. Like, no almost, almost like fortnightly or weekly. Mm, so yeah. everything is all good. Um, I think I did, I did actually ping Ben. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, "Hey, man, we should uh, we should brew a beer again, just to <laughs> just for the lulls. just for old time's sake." And, yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, like it kind of um, I think Tail Brews went under, didn't it? Like yeah. So after I left, I think they just couldn't. They also found the same realizations and learnings so that they just couldn't mm. get it. The main thing was uh, I mean, cost versus sales. So yeah, the cost of the beer was like. 30%, 40% higher than the sale price. And yeah, we couldn't yeah. increase the sale price because that's what the market wanted. So yeah. we're just like burning through money at that point. Mm, fair enough. Okay, there's like weird sounds coming into my headphones. Can you hear them? Yeah, I think I need driver updates for my... Oh my God, it's one of the... <laughs> no! Microsoft account it. problems. <coughs> <laughs> I can see like the pop-ups on that screen. <laughs> oh my God. Um, but that's really cool. I'm glad that you didn't have, like, any big fights with your friends and that you're still friends. Because I think that's one of the things people warn you about. It's like, well, if you work with your friends, you're not going to Oh, yeah, there were 100% a lot of arguments, right? But they weren't, like, anything too big. Yeah, like, fair. It's like, yeah. I stole your wife, bitch. Well, I mean, there was that one time I caught Ben, but... <laughs> <laughs> but you're still together, going strong after... How long is it? Seven years? Uh, yeah, six years with my girlfriend, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. So he's a uh, entrepreneur and a romance expert. So <laughs> he should start a podcast on that as well. Oh, how wow. to be successful at everything. Oh, I think it would just be more like, you know, how not to screw up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some guys need that as well. Or any, not just guys, like everyone. But um, after that, so this was actually last year. Like, I didn't even know you were doing this because I was on Exchange for all of 2018. And then AJ sends me a message, and he's like, hey, you want to call? And I was like, yeah, I haven't, like, spoken with you in ages. And I was like, what you been up to? He's like, yeah, I'm in oh, Singapore. Yeah. I, was, like, I was in India when I called you. Yeah, no, he was in India, and then he was, like, trying to catch a taxi or something. Like, taxi never came. Oh, my God, I was so That's, mad. That is so stressful. He was, like, really stressed. I was like, dude, I, fu- I can't find my Uber. It's, like, in, I can't walk home, like, strand in the middle of nowhere. I was like, dude. You know how frustrating it is that I'm brown, you know, in a city of brown people and can't even <laughs> communicate that I want a taxi? Oh my god. Because, wait, don't you speak fluent? No, you don't speak. No, I, well, I can't no, speak no. Hindi. Hindi no, is true, what yeah. I was speaking, so. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought, it, I don't know why I thought it was Sri Lanka, but you said you were in Mumbai, but, um. Yeah, I can speak Sri Lankan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what I meant. But, um, you know, suddenly he was like, because when I left for exchange, he was still doing uh, Taylor Bruce. I think you guys were still doing Taylor Brews when I left. 
Uh, like it was uh, end of 2017. No, I think I just left Taylor Bruce. Okay, point. so he just left Taylor Bruce. And I already started working on uh, Republic Protocol. Yeah, so yeah. he was working on something new. I knew, but um, I was like, okay, well, he'll still be in Sydney, right? And then suddenly he calls me. He's like, I'm in Mumbai and I live in Singapore now. And like, I live in like a high roller building of, um, I have my own pool. I have my own, all this stuff. And I was like, damn, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. So all of that came around because you are now a co-founder. Well, technically, I only lived there for two months, and then I went back to my hostel. <laughs> <laughs> but he milked that shit. He's like, chicks come at you because of where you live, and I was like, what the hell? This is like, <laughs> this is like insane. But that was really insane to me, and I was like sitting in my bedroom, I was like, what the hell? And then, um, I asked you sort of like, how did you get there? And then you were like, well, I'm a co-founder of Perlin now, and I was like, well, what's that? So. Now you've also been named one of the um, Forbes 30 Under 30 Asia list 2019. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. So what is it like being a co-founder? And like In, in general? <laughs> yeah, like I mean like especially for Perlin because that's something that brought you international. Like it's kind of pushed you a lot more. So I mean, can. so after the whole, like I did maybe five startups or so and then mm. I went into... I basically was like, you know what, I need to figure out how to get beyond this, like, rut that I was in, like, yeah. I would constantly get to, like, you know, uh, a couple of hundred thousand raised, and then, like, yeah. you know, it would just sort of... Yeah, AJ's room is falling apart, so if you hear stuff in the background... <laughs> My God, I think it's there's a ghost in here. <laughs> it's just his, um, it's his little brother trying to eat snacks. <laughs> Jokes out of there. Um, what was I saying? I was talking about... You were, like, in Berlin? Yeah, so Berlin? I was in this rut. And then yeah. I was like, okay, how do I get beyond this? Who do I know that's actually made it and can, like, Push help you. me beyond this? And I was like, yeah. let me talk to Dorji. Mm. Let me talk to some of the guys in his circle. And then he got me involved with Rep- Republic Protocol. Yeah. As, like, head of marketing. And I was doing some community stuff. And um, it was really good because basically that, that entire time frame where I first met him and then started working with him, I was just building a lot of skills. I was like... Uh, global marketing manager for a bit mm. I was a CTO for a bit I was doing all these different things yeah yeah and uh, now at this point I, I was really equipped to like do pretty much anything I could build a web app I can market a product I can build a product from scratch I could do mm. whatever he needed me to do so so you're like a powerhouse pretty much. yeah I was, I was pretty happy with the skills I got at that point so I started yeah. working with him mm. Republic did well um, and then then basically after that I think he was like, you know, you want to start something together. Mm. Started talking. Eventually came to Perlin. Yep. So, in terms of what it's like to be a co-founder for Perlin. Uh, Intense. Yeah, I think now we have so many team members and there's so many things happening. I think we have like four or five different products. and. Nice. Well, what what do you sell? Like, I'm like, I was looking up Perlin and I was like, okay, what do these guys do? So, we're, we're doing a rebranding right now because it's very yeah. confusing. But yeah. uh, we started as a decentralized cloud computing platform that already sounds confusing so basically what that means is uh normally when you want to do computation you send uh your like you know you send an artificial intelligence model to amazon or Mm. aws or google Mm. they do the computation send it back what we do is you send us computation we then source that computation off like mobiles laptops whatever we can find yeah really like dirt cheap sort of computation Mm. uh we then put it together we do the computation and send it back. Yeah. So instead of a server doing a computation, it'll be um, 10,000 mobile phones, for example. Mm, okay. So it's like Airbnb for cloud computing. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it's so a it's marketplace. Like a very, yeah, okay, interesting. So yeah, you, you, can ju- before. you can rent off computing off like mobiles. Someone, yeah. yeah. Okay. So the, the whole idea is that now we can create like a free movement for like cloud computing. We can think look at things like universal basic income so mm. you know maybe your mobile phone you earns you passive ten dollars a night or something mm. and then you can live off your mobile phone's earnings right nice we already live both our mobile phones yeah. anyways like so day and night. that was the idea and then uh obviously there's a lot of technical issues with implementing something like that so we're still doing a lot of research yeah um and then we've also branched out to several different things so we do we have our own ledger so just like bitcoin ethereum yeah um and then we do uh, traceability so that's supply chain transparency mm, so okay. for example a lot of consumers are very worried about like making sure their garments from h&m come from like sustainable sources yeah right? yeah fair. or like from sources that have no child labor that 
do all these things that uh, to them makes it more uh, reputable. Yeah, I think that's a bigger deal now as well because the market is becoming more educated. Yeah. And so, people like care more. So people will actively pick the brand that has that over the brand that doesn't have that. Mm. I think there's a survey that was released. And so we now help companies do those traceability solutions. So we mm, have okay, a traceability platform called Clarity and then people can just register their products and uh, do whatever they need to do with us. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So, so like yeah, we started from a mono product thing, like one product. Now yeah. we just have several and... Yeah, now we're just in the growth phase. Okay, cool. I mean, now that you've kind of um, become a co-founder, like, is there anything you want to tell people that are aspiring to become one? Like, what should they do to kind of get to where they are? Aspiring entrepreneurs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think the best way to start is just to start, right? Yeah, like, just do just something. Just whatever idea you have, just think about what is the quickest and easiest way for you to, like, get that idea off the ground and see if someone will use it. Mm, um, yeah. so I mean there's so many different ways you can do surveys you can do all these things I think if I was to go back um, I generally think I think some people use surveys to like validate uh, an idea yeah and that's like the complete wrong approach you don't use surveys to validate an idea your idea comes from the survey is that kind of what it is kind of right yeah. your, your survey is to validate a problem yeah that's, that's all you're doing you're just saying okay. is this problem real Yes. Okay, cool. I know, now I know there's a problem. Yeah. Uh, do I know this idea is going to solve the problem? I have no idea. The only way you can validate that is to build it, see if people use it. Mm, That's it. Okay. I yeah. think a lot of people just try to validate ideas, which is like... Yeah, sorry, validate ideas using surveys, which is yeah. not the way... Yeah, that's interesting, because I guess that's the way people... I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> like, literally for, like, assignments or whatever. Like, um, even when I was doing my other podcast, like we would try and see, like, okay, this is what people want to hear. Let's, like, gather some info to, like, validate this. When, yeah. in fact, when we went out to, like, events, um, you know, it's really different because people have different opinions from what you thought. So it's uh, it's really interesting to hear that. Also, um, this is kind of, like, a different direction, but um, I think maybe your friends know that you've also struggled with, like, social anxiety in, like, certain situations, and... Um, I'm just wondering how you can over not overcome it, like you can't like fix it or get rid of it, but like mm-hmm. manage it to the point where you can stand up in a f- crowd of like ten thousand people and pitch something or like tell them about something you're passionate about. How do you like, you know, overcome the fear? Yeah. So I thought what was really interesting was that I was actually really glad to find a term to like describe it. How you felt? Yeah. Yeah, because I I had it since like yeah like. When I was 15, 16, right? Wow. So that's so, like in high school. That's yeah, but I didn't ago. know what it was. I just no. thought like I was being weird. <laughs> but how did it feel like when you were in high school? Like was it very... Same, same sort of symptoms. Like, you know, yeah. you can't breathe. Like you, you feel really like tense. And, yeah. Um, you know, sometimes you just keep pinching yourself to like relieve feel, the yeah. anxiety a little bit to like feel right. a little bit of pain. Wow. I never knew that. Um, yeah. So I had no idea. And then I think couple of years ago I, I finally found the term like you know it's anxiety and i was mm. like okay this is cool well not cool this is <laughs> like this is like information that i needed yeah so now yeah. i know what it is i can i can look at doing it so i went to a psychologist and i tried to figure out what was um what was going on mm. i think um the psychologist didn't really help which is uh, <laughs> so don't go see a shrink no, I think just you figure should. it out yourself <laughs> I, think, I think you should go see one but uh, for me personally it didn't really i guess one piece did help and you just the, the fact like that the you anime. Said that no, no, sorry. One one piece of <laughs> advice helped. One piece did help too. <laughs> um, but basically he was like, you know, this is something you can't like fix. You can't no, it's a part uh, of push you. it away. Like it's yeah. just it's just there and you got to be okay with it. You know, mm. I was like, okay, that makes sense. So now it's like, I'll get it yeah. and I'll just like let it pass and like I'll be like, this is just part of it and mm. it's okay to feel this way. Yeah. Just acknowledging the feeling a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um, but there have been times when it's just been really crippling. Um, but I, th- I think for me, anxiety is more about the build-up as opposed to actually doing it. Mm, yeah, like before you step on a stage or something. It's yeah, exactly. Worse because I get it so much. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I remember there was this one big pitch at like um, the Seven News. Like it was on TV. It was just like at the thing, and like whoever won yeah. got to be on the news. And right. So I was just so nervous, and like I, my co-founders couldn't make it either. So I was just like oh had no God. moral support. No. And I was just super nervous, and I was like, I saw beer, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> skull two beers, 
And I just also, he's up. so funny when he's drunk, but that's another oh, story. <laughs> yeah, I just um, sculled two beers and got up. But I think now, I think it's also about experience, right? As you experience the same thing over and over again, you get, that's now your now new barrier. That's true. And your barrier just keeps like sort of increasing. Increasing, yeah. So initially it was like doing a speech, but now I do so many, it's like, okay, it's that's okay. not it. But yeah. now if it's like, I think if I get to the next stage, right? If it's like uh, 10,000, 30, I think I've done 10,000, maybe... 100,000 people, I'd, I'd mm, probably be like super nervous. Something, yeah. Or if I was on live TV, that'd probably be the next barrier. Yeah, that's true. I'll still do it. So if anyone wants to put me on TV, <laughs> I would graciously, yeah. graciously accept, but um, I'm, I'm just going to be nervous. It's just how it is, right? Yeah, it's true. I mean, I guess it's different for everyone as well. Because back in the day, like when we were 15 or 16, people didn't really talk about like, um, like mental health issues. Because it was kind of like, especially for us, because we're Asian, and like, <laughs> literally, it's like, oh, you're sad, just get over it, bro. Like, yeah, it's okay, yeah, yeah. you know, just like eat, eat, eat this fruit, and you'll feel better tomorrow. So I think it's um, it's really important to acknowledge it as well. And I guess, um, what do you want to let people know about, like, mental illness? Yeah, or like how how do you think? Um, yeah, it was really weird. I think. Definitely, um, it is difficult to bring up, especially if you come from an Asian household. Yeah. Um, my dad was really weird about it. Like, I came back and I said, hey, look, this is what I have. I'm going to go see a psychologist. And mm. it's like, I don't really get it, but I support you. Like, you know, do what Just you do. Just do it, do. yeah. And I was like, that's, that's all I really needed to hear. So I was like, yeah. okay. Um, and I don't think they will get it. Like, no. uh, they come from a time where shit was really hard like yeah so they have a huge threshold for i guess stuff yeah and and even if like i think there's this argument about like mental illness being a byproduct of first world problems or like Mm. it really first world problems helping increase mental mental illness regardless of what the cause is it's still a thing right do you think like is there studies for that are you saying no i'm not sure like i've just heard a lot of people sort of saying that that's just a way of thinking yeah but even if that's true or false or whatever it is, it's still there. Yeah, like, it's still Regardless illness. of what the cause is, yeah. it's still a thing. Mm. People are afflicted by it. And it does have physical... Manifestations. Yeah. Yeah. Like, before I had it, I was just like, you know, mental illness it can't do anything to you. Mm. But it can have very visceral, like, physical reactions too. That's true. So that's I think, true. you know, definitely just get help. And I think the main thing is that it's okay to feel that way. Just because yeah. so many people do. Um, that's true like you shouldn't feel like an outcast in fact you should feel in cast yeah you should feel more <laughs> normal if you're like <laughs> if you have a mental so many people haven't like yeah, different no. things right yeah that's true especially things like anxiety like things like anxiety stress uh, depression are yeah. things that really hard to tell as well yeah because you're not sure sometimes you're yeah. like you know I don't deserve to feel this way you know no that's true <laughs> and I think that comes back to like the first world thing you were talking about which is really interesting because yeah. um I was in uh, Denmark for, like, two months. And then they have really great, like, environment for young people. Like, they don't have to pay for education. They get paid to go to university. They have really great welfare. Like, dental care for them is, like, free. Under yeah, 18 yeah. And all this, like, great stuff, right? Yeah. But they also have um, the highest rate of um, antidepressant prescriptions of any country. Oh, so wow. it's kind of like, well, why is this super wealthy, super progressive and super, like, welfare-based country got so many kids or, like, young people who are our age, like, 18 to, like, 25. Why are they experiencing so much of this stuff? And it's, like, an ongoing, um, I guess, topic because, you know, we haven't faced things like war or, like, you know, famine. And then what do you think are some of the things that could be making people out, like, in our generation who are so privileged feel, like, so... I guess, do you think there's things that makes it different? I think a lot of it is self-imposed, right? Like, yeah. Um, I was listening. I was talking to this guy. He was telling me about how, um, basically, people now. I mean, there used to be wars and things to like keep mm. you really motivated and that like, give you a purpose. You're like, yeah. I need to fight this war. I need to fight for my country. I need to uh, survive. I need to do yeah. all these things. Without that. Without that drive, everyone's like, what do I do now? Like, Because your basic needs are all there already. Like, Yeah, you met. feel kind yeah. of meaningless because like, that's what it used to be about. Yeah. And now I think the new war and the new like, uh, the drive is like, like business now, right? Mm-hmm. So you see a lot of people just trying to like, get more money, get more of their finances, like yeah. really pushed. Like they're waging war on like... Themselves? Yeah, a little bit, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah, I think intense. a lot of it is self-imposed that way. Like, that's true. 
um, you kind of have to because otherwise you just sit around playing video Doing games nothing. all day. Yeah. Even if you're playing video games all day, you ha- your accolades are now like what you're fighting for. Yeah, that's true. So like that's why, it, um, that's why it's kind of self-imposed. Yeah. Because because the, the the old thing used to be like you know you fight and you might die, now mm. it's like you fight and the repercussions are like mental stress and like all these different yeah, things. That come, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Do you think um you've found any ways to kind of cope with I guess this self-imposed stress? So, I mean, this year especially, I've decided to have a lot more balance in my life. Yeah, um, like focusing on your health as well. That was something yeah. you mentioned last time. I think, uh, yeah. The thing is, I, I used to be that guy working 120 hours a week and just be... Oh, my God. It's like, you know what? I don't have time for stuff. I'm just going to become a billionaire. Nothing else matters. <laughs> I, I think I really changed my perspective after an extreme year last year. Traveling yeah, around the world. Intense. and like. I had to travel so much. I was in the planes a lot and just, like, working all the time. Yeah. And then and you hate planes as well. Yeah. Oh <laughs> well, I'm gosh. okay with it now just because, again, You've I got used to it. You've done it so many yeah. times. Yeah. Wow. Um, but, yeah, I think in terms of balance, like, I definitely think that it's important to do different things. So now, like, mm. I'm doing gym more. So I do that six times a week. I do... Six um, times? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was really loud. I was like, I think... Yeah, six times is, like, almost every day. You have, like, one day off. Yeah, I go six times. I've been going consistently six times a week for the last... Uh, since December. Wow, that's insane. Yeah. Okay. Um, I need to go to the gym after this. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then um, I started playing tennis, and then... Nice. So te- I just came from tennis today. Really? Yeah. You used to play tennis, I think. Mm, like, yeah, back, in, back in so the day. So I started playing again. Yeah, and then, nice. Yeah, and then just do random stuff, like, uh, doing a bunch of Udemy courses, mm. and... Uh, hanging out with people more. Um, and just, like, being proactive, I guess, like, doing stuff instead of, like, doing nothing. I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I still work hard, but just more systematically and spend, like, I have to give myself time to do gym. Like, and I think people mm. will start understanding. Like, even my co-founders and stuff, they'll be like, hey, can you do this? And I'm like, no, I'm at the gym. And they're like, okay, no and worries. like, fine with it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Whereas it used to be like, dude, this is important, you need to do it, but... I don't think anything is that important. Like, like if most you things, die, ninety percent of things are not important enough for you to like not wait an hour and then do it. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> you know true. Because I mean? you can like, always do it after. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Like Some stuff like you know there might be important stuffs here and there that you need to just say, okay, I need to go home and like yeah, do this now. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. But I mean, like, kind of touching on um what you said before about like rethinking and like stepping back. How do you keep yourself grounded? Like, is it just <laughs> Like, because I feel like it's so easy to get a big head, and yours is already big enough. <laughs> Fair enough. So, like, how do you kind of stay, um, you know, true to, like, your roots and, like, what you want from yourself as a person and who you are? I think, I don't think I've ever, ha- I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever had an issue with being grounded, just because yeah. I think the feedback I get from my, my co-founders and people I work with is the opposite. Mm-hmm. Just, like, you need to spend... Um, you're too nice. You need to spend less time with like certain people and you need to focus your time on other people. You need yeah. to start cutting people out if they're not like... Not good for you. Yeah. And yeah. I think... I mean like... So I've never had an issue being gra- like I Grounded, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I like talk <laughs> smack sometimes. like, <laughs> But that's just like joking, right? I, yeah, I don't that's think true. I don't think you've ever actually become someone that's like too good for like your friends or your family. Yeah, I mean, have you have you ever thought of me that way? Not really. I think there's been times where I feel like you've prioritized your friends and family less. But yeah. that's also like a time thing. But I don't think you've ever been to the point where it's like, okay, I've like ascended into like a different <laughs> realm or something. I, 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 I don't think anyway. I have. That's why. <laughs> well, that's I'll let you know thing. when I do. There, there's, <laughs> but th- there might be times we don't even know. Like I, I was scared. There were some times when I felt like maybe you were getting there. Like yeah. especially when you were doing all the startups and like real skills really took off. And then like also being overseas and stuff, I was like, damn, this fool, like, needs to get checked, or else he's gonna be, like, a multi-millionaire with no friends, like, literally, that's, that's a thing. Yeah, 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 well, I think, um, I, I generally don't think I have a big issue with, uh, staying, staying grounded. grounded or anything like that, I, I yeah. honestly don't even think I've made it enough to worry about that yet. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like when you start succeeding, I guess, in a sense that your ventures are, um, you know, taking off and whatever, you can kind of get that addiction to it. You're like, okay, now I want more. Now I want this to succeed. And like well, that's why I, I checked myself this year a lot more too. Yeah. I was like, you know, I want more balance. I don't want to 
uh, want to hang out with people more. That's why I'm back in Sydney as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so uh, I obviously am going to travel a bit for work and stuff, but mm. um, yeah. But I think it was also like you said it was a little bit hard being away from everyone for so long. Like, especially just being in a country where you don't have any friends or, like, you don't really know anyone outside of work. Um, did you find that, like, really challenging? Or, like, was it worse or maybe not as hard as you thought? Um, I think it was it was, okay, it was okay, but, yeah, I did I did miss Sydney for sure. Yeah, um, I think, yeah. So I did have true. to come back, but... But at least the lol visit you. Like every yeah. month or something. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was like she just gets a holiday and like I see like on her Instagram it's like oh I'm in like Japan eating like ice cream it's like damn it. Yeah, I'm gonna take her on holidays just because <laughs> if I keep traveling a lot and then she doesn't get to go then. Yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Um, yeah, also, true. I like traveling with all. It's uh, it's more fun and interesting. Yeah. Rather yeah, that's true. When I go by myself, I don't really do stuff. I just sit in the hotel room, stare at the window. Yeah. Um, contemplate life whereas like she actually does stuff so she mm. forces me to go to, to go out yeah. yeah that's true because like I was in um I was in France for 10 days by myself and I was like so depressed and like it was weird because the world cup was on during that time so France won the world cup last year and it was like insane in the streets yeah. and I only went out for like maybe an hour nice. and then I was like scared and I went back to my hostel because <laughs> people were crazy like there was like cars driving around crazy and there was like drunk people on the streets and I was like Oh my god. And then it was only after I met two other girls in my hostel. They were like, dude, let's go see this and this. And I was like, alright, yeah. Now I'm motivated to go out. Yeah. So I know I'm not a solo traveler. That's how I learned. <laughs> or else I just feel like super sad. That's fair. Yeah. But I guess another thing... You get um, kind of used to it though. Really? Yeah. Solo traveling, there's, there's a piece about it. And there's like a... I guess. Like you don't have to do things you don't want to do. You know? Yeah, that's true. But it's also like... It depends on if you really do want to immerse yourself in traveling. Because if you just, if you focus on too much on the fact that you're alone, you don't get to enjoy, like, wherever you are. I think it's also a time thing. If you spend, if you spend a month or two, I think it's okay. If you Mm. spend three, four months, eventually you're just like, god damn. Yeah, it's like, what the fuck am I doing? Yeah. (laughs) But speaking of being, um, you know, grounded and stuff, a lot of people do have, like, hobbies and stuff. Stuff that keeps them, like, you know, interested in things outside of work. So, I was wondering, do you have any, like, really, you know, um, interesting hobbies or things that you just do for fun instead of, like, oh, I need to be, like, you know, on all the time? Well, they're not interesting, but... Um. Or just any hobby. It doesn't have to be, like, oh, I do, like, knitting or something. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't knit. You don't but, <laughs> <laughs> but I, um, I mean, I still play Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, D&D? Yeah, so nice. I play that. And then I play... Um, we have to do a game search, by the way. Yeah. We haven't done one in ages. Yeah, I'm done. And then I play board games. Uh, yeah. Very frequently. Um, by yourself? Yeah. Play one plant person chess. Nice. Just flip the board each yeah, time. Yeah. Like, troll yourself. Yeah, I'm surprisingly pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> as an opponent. You can play it on the computer as well. Like, you burst like a bot or something. No, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also don't like playing computer games as much because I feel like... I'm just gonna go into the spiral and keep playing too many games. That's why you don't PC games. It's kind of like you don't you don't work for your sleep, so I don't mm. I don't want to play games where I work. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's strange, but that's just like how so you don't play like Dota and all them anymore. Nah, but I will like occasionally like once a month maybe play some Super Smash Brothers brawl oh, with them. Yeah. Um, I've my played brother. Mario Kart as well for like twelve years. Yeah, yeah. Insane. <laughs> I can't believe how long it's been. Like I've. I think back to all the things I've done and, like, how long we've known each other and all the things I've done. It's like, how am I, like, so old? Still doing the same stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, I don't get sick of it. Like, I played Mario Kart after, like, you know, having the game for, like, six years or something. I was like, this is still fun. And I still keep losing. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Oh, God. <laughs> we should play after this. I want to see if I can beat you. I can't beat my brother. I've beat him twice. And oh, my it. God. <laughs> it's pretty disgraceful. And he's, like, half my age. <laughs> not half like seven years younger but yeah. still it's like kind of disgraceful but i guess um you know doing hobbies is also a really great way like i feel like everyone that makes it they always play golf it's like a thing like once you reach a certain status you start playing golf yeah and it's like don't i'm not gonna play golf okay thank god <laughs> <laughs> it's expensive as well and like this fool just dropped like 500 bucks on um equipment for the podcast and I was like, what the hell, dude? And he's like, dude, you just you just got to go in, man. Like, just got to do it. And I was like, all right. Yeah, I think I came up with the idea five days ago. And then yeah. 
I was looking on Amazon, watched a couple of YouTube videos, and I was like, all right, well, I need some mics. I need some. I need an audio interface. Yeah. I need all this stuff. So let's just buy it. Do it, bro. And it got delivered so fast. Well, I made a, I made a promise. So I talked to Alol, and then she mm. was like, you can only buy it if you commit to doing at least 10 podcasts. Yeah, like 10 apps or something. And I yeah. was like, dang. That's not a lot. I don't, I don't know why I even second-guessed that. I was like, all right, fine. That's a, that's a fair bet. Mm, ten, like, that's how... Um, I mean, it depends, like, because a lot of the podcasts I listen to, they start off really small, and they had to do, like, the first, like, 10 apps or whatever. They didn't even have any traction because no one knew who they were. So, like, it's after putting in effort to, like, I guess, um, grow your your audience and then people get to know you that's what's really fun i guess yeah because like when i listen to my podcast like i either uh know the person or it's like a topic i'm interested in and then i get to know the host as well so it's like more fun because you can hear like their personalities come out mm-hmm. through the podcast which is really cool but i guess um there's not a lot of time left i think for us um in the podcast we'll probably edit a lot of stuff out <laughs> but um Finally, my last question is, what does success mean to you? Because I think it's so ingrained in, like, everyone's minds that it's career-based. It's something that's based on money. It's something that's based on, like, status. But I think, you know, at the end of the day, like, no matter how much money you have or whatever, happiness doesn't really come from that. So I'm wondering what it means to you. Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think everyone will have a unique answer to it, right? Mm. And I think... Uh, it's meant to be a personal thing. Like, success is not a binary black and white thing, right? No. I can't look at you and say uh, you're successful. Yeah. You know? I think it's just a personal state. Like, what is your goal and what is your, like, progress to that goal? Yeah. And I think that's that's purely what it is. Mm, um, so it's based on, like, how are you getting better as a person? Or, like, how are you pushing yourself to be I better? I think it just depends on what goals you set for yourself. Yeah. And if you succeed in those goals, then... Uh, I mean, succeeded. eventually, you yeah, you you've succeeded. Yeah. I I don't even think there's a there's a state at which you're like now successful. Mm, it's you an ongoing I mean? thing. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think. Yeah, and I, I think if you ask any successful person to who we think are successful, we'll probably just be like, yeah, I guess, but I really want to do this. Like, yeah. So, I think just having it in increments and having like short term goals, long term goals, and and keeping yourself motivated is good. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, for example, like I I try to do it in like three three month intervals and then one one year intervals. Mm. So, three month interval for me, like something I really want to work on is my personal brand. So, mm. uh, ajprakash dot com. <laughs> I think it probably dot net. We'll <laughs> see. Net. <laughs> I think dot com's taken. Some guy, some guy already, some guy. S- some guy already came in. <laughs> we can make it like the um like a j as in like two letters like a dot j. Well, yeah, I mean, those are those are questions I need to start pondering. Thinking right? about that's the next step. So yeah, three months because I've always just been known for a particular company, but yeah, I've done yeah. so many now that you don't want to be tied down. Well, tied down, and also like I think people just like get thrown every time I switch. <laughs> like yeah, like wait, wait, I thought you were like this guy. Yeah, so like, even the yeah. Perlin post when I did the Forbes post, people were like, hey, what happened to Qubit? And yeah, I was like, oh. <laughs> I, guess I, I guess I didn't update like a lot of people <laughs> <laughs> that's true so what do you want to be known as then like if you don't want to be known as a company so just just my brand like you know what's your brand as in a person as opposed to a company uh, so you just want to be humanized rather than a robot kind of thing <laughs> <laughs> I guess like it's just um, you know AJ Prakash serial entrepreneur as opposed serial to serial entrepreneur well yeah <laughs> or whatever you want to call it yeah that's true that's probably what I would call it as opposed to um AJ Prakash, co-founder of blah, or like, you know, known mm, as... Okay. Um, I do think I'm going to be doing Perlin for a very long time, but, mm. uh, you know, just want to work on my brand as well, because that's going to be the thing that stands the test of time, hopefully. You never know. Yeah. Or like, do you think you'll be um, venturing out any other things? Because you had um, another one, like Tribe Academy, or what is it? Yeah, so I'm helping out with... Um, with setting up an academy. So mm. I'm always passionate about the education space. So mm. um, this academy is purely about... It's actually based on the, the podcast theme a little bit. It's yeah. experiencing the world, experiencing different things, and trying to figure out what you want to do. Yeah. So the program we're currently planning is like a tasting platter. So you travel to several different countries. You'd learn 
15, 20 different skills. Yeah. Um, by the end of it, you'll have a really good idea of which direction you want to go to. Mm, okay, so that's interesting. So I love how you make everything, like, food-related, like, tasting platter <laughs> and, like, ice cream. I, funnily enough, I didn't even, like, call it the tasting platter. No. <laughs> it's um, one of the guys I was working with, yeah. And oh, uh, cool. I love food, so, I mean... <laughs> Dude, maybe that's your next venture, yeah. food. I would love to. That's gonna, so cool. I'm going to do food. I will eat your stuff. After I lose the weight, then I'll start eating again. <laughs> I mean, like, that's also another thing as well. Like, um, success in terms of, like, your body image and, like, the way you should look has changed a lot, which I think is really cool. So for anyone that um, wants to be inspired, just have a chat with AJ. About body image? Or, like, just about success in general, because that was kind of the question, but I was, like, relating it back to... I don't even know. I'm just, like, blabbing now. But, um, I guess, like, the question I was kind of going for is, like, there is an image of what a successful person looks like. And it's always someone that's, like, very attractive, very, I guess, white, tall. Well, I don't know. When I think of, like, successful people, I think of, like, actors or actresses or whatever. And then, like, um, do you think you have an image of what a successful person looks like? Oh, so you're saying, like, the stereotypical... Yeah, there's like so you Google so many success, and that's what yeah. you, see. you see a white male, yeah, uh, <laughs> tall in exactly. a suit. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think definitely the perceptions of that are changing, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, look at the um, uh, look at the CEO of Google. He's not white. No, that's true. He's a brown dude. Mm, so that could be you. Uh, like, I mean, that's that, that. The whole point is that, like, I think the stereotype the stereotype is changing. So yeah. Um, as more and more people of color, uh, more and more women take up um, more executive levels, mm. roles, and start uh, taking over certain positions, then we're going to start seeing a, a big shift. Um, yeah, that's true. Yeah, which has been, I think, over the last couple of years, like, that's changed a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So there's hope for people without scrubs. Or, like, they have been not successful in the past, I guess. Or, like, they have been... That's a different question, right? <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. But yeah, I guess we were like talking my about stereotypical image of success. But I think because the stereotype is changing, people that have been like um, a minority in the workplace or like just in general who haven't been able to be pushed up into, I guess, management or um, in roles where they can like do their own thing, now it's changing a lot. So I think um, I think there's a lot of people who also want to like they feel like they can't do it because of these things. And I'm wondering if there's anything you want to, like, say to them. Like, they feel like they're not good enough or they won't be able to make it because they don't look like the stereotype of success. So I think um, I wouldn't worry about the stereotype thing. That's or, like, just an image of success, not, like, well, I mean, either, either one, I, I wouldn't worry about that. I think if, I mean, if the question is, uh, how would you go about it if you feel like you're not good enough or don't have the skills to do yeah. it? Um, and which is a lot of people, by the way. So yep. most people say, I don't want to start because I don't know how to do it. And I don't no. have the skill. Yeah. But that's just sort of working on your skills. Uh, so, I mean, you can work on your skills, right? You can either get yeah, a job, yeah. you can learn things, you can learn... Like, you can Google anything now, right? Yeah, that's I think, true. I think s- the lack of skills is just an excuse, um, if I'm being honest. That's true. You should just Google it. You should just YouTube just it, it. <laughs> and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like... A lot of the time, I'll just say yes and not know how to do something, and then and then Google it. Yeah, <laughs> that should be like your motto. Like, don't know how to do it, Google it. Right, that's I think a lot of entrepreneurs have that model. model. Yeah, so, um, I remember my first day for like my marketing position. I was just like, how do you marketing? Market. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It wasn't even grammatically correct. It was just how do you marketing <laughs> in Google? That's so funny. And then like I think the first thing I saw was like. Uh, when starting a marketing position, you should do a five C's analysis. Which yeah. Is, which is like competitor, customer, like understanding the landscape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do that. And I mm. just spent like a day on that. And then I whipped up this like 30 page report. Damn. And I was like, okay, what would be next? I should make recommendations based on the landscape and what we're doing right now. Mm. So I did that, made a marketing plan. And I sent it to my boss and he was just like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> you just meant to spend the first day like bumming around like, Doing nothing. Doing nothing, yeah. like just getting co- comfortable with everything. Yeah, you yeah. just like whipped up a marketing report. Uh, That's insane. So I think those that those learning periods are like really important. And yeah. I, and I think if you go into a workplace expecting someone to teach you something, mm. 
I think nine times out of ten they won't have time or won't be bothered. Or like you'll just you won't bring enough value and yeah. then you end so up you in just, a place. If you can figure it out yourself, just learn it yourself and then do mm-hmm. it. And then there might be certain things you need help with, but <clears throat> yeah. Okay, cool. I mean, I think that's everything that I want to ask you. So thanks so much for chatting with me about your life. It's very inspiring. I think every time we chat on the phone as well, like especially when I was exchange, um, like AJ would just call me at like random hours <laughs> and I'd be like, fuck this guy. But then I'll talk to him and I'd be like, oh, like it's like pretty fun. And he always makes me feel like you can do something with your life. So that's really, that's really inspiring, especially for people that feel like maybe they're lagging behind or they're like, you know, not doing enough or they're not successful. Yeah. So I think that's really um, a powerful message. And I'm just wondering if there's anything else you want to like round it off with, like a quote from One Piece or something. <laughs> um, I think... I guess the only thing I want to round it off with is just like if you're thinking about it, if you're thinking about entrepreneurship, just mm. start something. Just Anything. as simple as you can, like e-commerce store or like mm. uh, whatever you can. And then you learn so much just by doing that startup process. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, I think that's that's the time that we have and I'll take over as host now. Um, awesome. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for taking the time to like interview me and, and spending no time. No worries. Um, and hopefully... This is a new flavor, which you've now explored, which is like entrepreneurship, mm. uh, taking your student life into something that's uh, a In bit the different. In real world. Yeah. So becoming an entrepreneur, becoming co-founder, hopefully you got some insights out of that. Um, yeah. Would Do you want to sort of um, end, end the podcast with uh, any insights, that, anything else that you took out of this or like... Um, mm. Any anything you want to leave the viewers with or the listeners? Yeah, yes, listeners. the listeners, the viewers. <laughs> I mean, if you're recording us, like there's like a cam. And there's the, actually a secret oh cam gosh, there. Oh gosh, that's not my good angle, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and there's one actually like in, in your, your shoe. Ass. <laughs> of course. No wonder it felt yeah. good. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, for me, I think do things based on like what you enjoy, but not as like a whole picture. Like for example. If you do a job, find something about that job that you enjoy. Like for me, when I was teaching, um, I didn't necessarily enjoy doing like paperwork or like whatever, like the yeah. dull stuff. But I really enjoyed seeing my students succeed. So that's something I've looked for, like building a relationship and helping someone succeed. That's something that I felt um, really proud of. And I remember there was like this one kid who came in my class. He was like four or something. And his family had just come from Japan. He didn't even know how to, like, hold a pencil. And I was like, Jesus Christ. And, like, his personalized study plan was, like, learning the alphabet. And then I taught him for two years. And he came back with this, um like, Blue Merit Award from his school. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so happy. And it felt really amazing. So awesome. these are the things that I take away from my roles. It doesn't have to be I like teaching or I like engineering. It has to be something more personal that you reflect on. And then you mm. look for these things again in your future roles that could um, match up with these things that you enjoy. So I think that's something that I've always looked for in my roles. Like, maybe I didn't necessarily like the entire experience, but there's always something that you can uh, take away from everything. And that's what you should look for in everything you do. Yeah, I feel like we might just open another, like, can of, like, <laughs> worms to, like, talk about. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, 100%. Just to, like, add to that, I think you're never ever going to enjoy 100% of your role. Yeah, exactly. There's going to be certain parts, but, yeah. It's a yeah. very good, that's a very good lesson. Exactly. Well, yeah. Thanks a lot for, for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode. It would mean a lot to me if you could hop onto iTunes and leave me a quick review. If you want to engage with me or my community more, just go to ajprakash.net and subscribe for more updates, podcasts, and more valuable content straight to your email. Thanks again. I'll catch you later.